listening to the City World Radio Network, high-definition digital radio broadcasting from the city to the world, www.cityworldradio.com. She is up to something. I am. I do. I am. She talks like a parrot. What is going on with you, Maria? I feel pretty, oh so pretty. I feel pretty and witty and gay. And I pity any girl who's in me today. I feel charming, oh so charming. It's alarming how charming I feel and so pretty. Can believe I'm real. See the pretty girl in that mirror there. Who can that attractive girl be? Such a pretty face, such a pretty dress, such a pretty smile, such a pretty me. I feel stunning and entrancing. Feel like running and dancing for joy. For I love my own pretty. The craziest girl on the block You know her the minute you see her She's the one who is in an advanced state of shock She thinks she's in love, she thinks she's insane She isn't in love, she's merely insane Good evening and welcome to Morph Mom Moments What a special, special night we have I'd say this is a first our amazing guest is actually calling in from France. And so at 1 a.m., she has stayed up to be a part of our show. And what an honor. And we are forever grateful for her to do that. Um, that's a bit of a teaser because I'm going to do a quick intro of Morph Mom before we get there. Just so you know what you've gotten yourself into tonight. Um, I'm here. I'm joined with my co-host tonight, Elizabeth Lenz, which is a great honor as well. And our producer, Preston. For those of you who joined us before, I apologize for being repetitive. For those who are new, very quickly, I'm Kathleen Smith. Welcome to the show. We began Morph Mom about seven years ago with a mission to help women, to share stories about women who had figured out what they're going to do, how they're going to do it, steps they took that worked, steps they took that didn't work, and to share those stories and help others trying to figure out what was next for them with a mentorship, with guidance, with leadership, and with support, and most importantly, with a community. So we began our mission six years ago. With a website, we traveled the country. We interviewed women all over the country with different stories. We then wrote for Huffington Post and shared the stories. We now have classes. We have a conference that's coming up in January 2019. Stay tuned. Visit the website, morphmom.com, to find out more about that. Again, sharing stories. 
um, we're starting something very exciting called the club. In about a month or so, we will have another online community um, that you can subscribe to that will provide even more stories and webinars and really exciting things. And again, all of this information is on the website, morphmom.com, M-O-R-P-H-M-O-M.com. And most importantly, especially for tonight, we have a radio show. And what a fun thing with the radio show. We are live every Thursday night, and our live shows then become a podcast on iTunes the following day. Um, and what's really is exciting is that we get to share these stories live. And what a unique, exciting experience when we get to do it with someone calling in from France <laughs> to boot. So we're thrilled. Elizabeth and I are both thrilled to welcome our guest tonight, Rachel Doyle. She's the founder of Glamour Gals. And you're not going to believe how amazing this what what Rachel is doing, what she has accomplished over the past 18 years. She's, Glamour Gals is a nonprofit foundation which is devoted to connecting generations one makeover at a time with a mission to inspire and organize teen volunteers to provide ongoing companionship and complimentary beauty makeovers for women living in senior homes, which is an amazing thing that they're doing when you consider that an estimated that by 2030, 5.3 million seniors will be living in nursing homes when social ties and social interaction and community are the most important thing. And many of these people are not visited, are not remembered, are sitting alone. And the fact that Rachel has found this incredible niche with connecting teens who need to be and need to be supporting these women and women who need these teens to come to be, to visit them. It's just an absolute honor to share your story, Rachel and welcome. Thank you for having me. Um, I want to mention that not only is Rachel, Rachel started this when she was 17 years old as a result of dealing with her grandmother and what, and realizing how much interaction her grandmother needed and how much just sort of that interaction and that connection would just make someone feel so much better about themselves. And I want to mention that Rachel, over these 18 years, has been the recipient of so many awards, I can't even begin to mention all of them, but just to mention a few, from Cosmo Girl Magazine, from Cosmopolitan Magazine, from the Cornell Alumni Association. She's received a Social Entrepreneurship Award, which we're going to discuss later, for policy research. She's also been featured on The Oprah Winfrey Show, in The New York Times, on The CBS Early Show, and Glamour Magazine. And again, that's just to name a few. So to realize, many people have realized the impact and the importance of what Rachel is doing. So without further ado, Rachel, tell us about yourself and how this came to be. Well, first of all, thank you so much for having me on. It's always exciting to share live <laughs> the things that you're doing. So it's, it's also an honor to share with your Morph Mom network uh, the, the work that we do at Glamour Gals. As you shared, I started Glamour Gals 18 years ago, so I never imagined that what I do, what I did as a 17-year-old was what I'd be doing as a mother of two. <laughs> and uh, it, it's really rooted in my love of helping others and my passions of loving fashion and beauty and makeup and putting a smile on someone's face. So... When I was in high school, I think I was always driven to service. I enjoyed helping others. And then uh, when my grandmother was placed in care uh, and then um, passed away soon after, I wanted to do something to honor her. And 
I think 18 years ago, this, the landscape of understanding aging in terms of mental health, Alzheimer's, dementia, um, and dealing with that uh, really wasn't discussed. The care wasn't there. So I actually didn't get to communicate with my, my grandmother, who the program's in honor of, in a way that I could really understand her life and her stories. I really learned those stories through my father and him retelling them. So when I had the opportunity to connect with another generation, I sort of looked at it as like having a grandmother for the day and finding out those incredible rich stories or life advice that I was never really able to access from my grandmother because of her condition. So, And, um, you know, Glamour Girls was really born out of that connection. And it was in August of 1999, I thought of it, and it was, not until January of 2000 that I actually held my first Glamour Gals makeover in a local senior home. And how many um, girls did you have with you? Um, was it was it yourself or um, several? Uh, two. <laughs> <laughs> so I uh, we start small but mighty. So we, uh, you know, in, in August of 1999, I thought of the idea of sort of combining my passion for making people smile and my love of fashion and beauty. And I went into the local senior home and I I maybe played my violin every holiday season there. You know, I maybe once a year I would walk through their double doors. So I went into the senior home and I asked the activities director, you know, I have this idea called Glamour Gals. We'd come in and provide beauty makeovers. What do you think? And she goes, well, who's your corporate sponsor? Who's the adult in charge? And I was like, oh, writing it down, like, no problem, I got this. And and then I, I was thinking, what is a corporate sponsor? <laughs> so I said, not a problem, I'll be right back. I walked out the double doors, got in my mom's minivan. I said, you're an adult. I went home, and back in the day, I opened up the yellow pages wow. and started cold calling uh, makeup companies. And it was actually a local Mary Kay director who said, you know, I love what you stand for and what you want to do. I have makeup. I'll even come to your first makeover and just give you some tips and, and help you along. So then fast forward two months, I get it scheduled. And then I'm like, well, I have to bring volunteers. My idea was to have a group of volunteers go into a senior home. So literally at homeroom, like the day before or the day of, I just started recruiting friends and saying, hey, you need you know, hours to graduate or this would look great on your college resume. Anything that could maybe get right. somebody involved. And two people and my two other friends and myself walked into that senior home and I remember there was actually more press than volunteers and <laughs> ladies in the home. The director of the senior home showed up. They had put out a press release that the Glamour Gals were coming yeah. and uh, the New York Times showed up wow. to write an article about it. So it was quite a to-do at our very first makeover. <laughs> so how did you, so you're going in at such a young age, how did you decide, okay, we're, how many people we're going to do it this time? How many people, how many kids will work with one woman? Or are we going to spread it out? How did you even logistically figure this out? I I definitely created before that, a program outline. And I 
I have to admit I was part of a couple other youth organizations at the time that uh, definitely gave me the inspiration and the organization to do something like this where and even the confidence to say, you know, I can try something myself. You know, I had been a part of the Hugh O'Brien uh, Youth Leadership Conference. I was chosen by my high school to attend that. And I remember being at that conference, being inspired to be like, I can make a change and I want to make a change. But what is that change? <laughs> so and in creating that, I think I've always been very entrepreneurial without even knowing it that I created a framework, a program outline that shared the Glamour Gals experience is a group activity. We go in as a group, so if it's you and one other person or you and 20 other people, into an activities room and create this atmosphere of like a beauty parlor. We don't do their hair. Uh, we focus on hand massages or painting nails or even application of makeup or cleansing of the face. Uh, something simple, but that involves touch mm. and connection and embrace. And a Glamour Girls makeover can start and stop at any time. And in terms of maybe she doesn't want lipstick, that's okay. You know what? Sit down and continue the conversation. Or at least the application of makeup gives you something to talk about. If you have nothing else to talk about with someone, that's how the conversation can start. So uh, it was things like that, that I worked into the organization of it, and um, depending on if the the students feel comfortable with, you know, talking to a senior, uh, you can group, you can pair up, you know, two students work with one senior, or it's one-on-one, but it's in a group atmosphere. Wow. And... You know, we're talking about what what a benefit and how beneficial this is to the seniors and to women who don't have visitors and who may be alone, and it's a great connection. But what have you seen with the kids as well? I'm sure some who, especially in this world of social media, who have a lot less, you know, opportunity to connect one-on-one, who, you know, half the time your head is down on a phone and texting or typing, but this is actual one-on-one, no phone person-to-person communication. Have you seen any growth or any, you know, interesting things that have happened with the kids with this? Absolutely. I mean, senior isolation is real. It's an important need to fill in society. But what I think makes Glamour Gals so unique is that we're filling it through creating an empathetic team leader. And I think in, in these times, having young, empathetic leaders is probably one of the most important qualities they will need to possess moving forward. That especially having the U.S. be the oldest it's ever been in the coming years, the policy, the social, the economic uh, implications of having an aging population and having younger policymakers or younger students uh, going into decision-making roles future in their future professional careers that can be influential, you know, for them to understand and be able to have a conversation with the aging population is so important. And we even had uh, an assi- uh, assistant professor at, at Yale, a visiting fellow at Yale University School of Medicine, study our scholarship essays, and she found that the the work is so beautiful because of the reciprocity between the two parties. The more profound the elderly's experiences and happiness, 
the more profound the volunteer's personal growth. And it was really exciting to have someone who, you know, sort of studies this, that was from Dr. Kimiko Tanaka, uh, share that with us because we've been reading their reflective journals, the students' reflective journals for years. We have like 10,000 reflective journals about students sharing, I was so shy. And after Glamour Gals, I found the confidence in speaking in front of my peers. Or I had the relationship I never was able to have because my grandmother passed away with someone older. Or I found my calling in life. I want to study gerontology. I want to work in the field of aging. Or this informs my future career for medicine. And, uh, you know, just in this, actually, in a week, we're holding our 15th annual leadership training, and we're focusing all of the dynamic speakers on women in STEM, because we actually found that over 50% of our scholarship applications last year, uh, those students went into the fields of STEM uh, in terms of their academic or future professional career interests. Over 50%. That's amazing. And we also found that our graduating volunteers, 87%, their Glamour Gals experience informed their future career goals or academic goals as well. Wow. I mean, in 18 years, you actually can probably track a lot of that as well. You, you probably and have you know, a lot of data with, you know, with, and, and experience of what these kids have gone on to do. Exactly. And they are, uh, you know, in, in creating our, our leadership conference around STEM this year, you know, we, we went off that, our, our survey that we did of our volunteers last year, but we, every year we have alumna, girls who are in the program in high school or college come back and be role model team leaders, volunteer staff. And the majority of those volunteers are actually in STEM fields as well. So it was just really exciting to see how uh, how smart our our volunteers are. <laughs> it's really cool to have smart volunteers because I think it's cool to have fashionable, smart people um, surrounding us. It's just lovely. I have a question. So when the, when the kids would sign up and you know, they can come in high school and you're doing it in colleges as well, do they – sort of stay with one senior to work with or do they it does it vary week by week how does how do you set that up so the students create in in high school or in college they either create permanent school clubs or they create a permanent activity within an existing school club Mm -hmm. so there is a sustainability and an ongoing nature of the relationship between the students and the senior home that they serve. What's great is we give a framework for that to for the students to have for a leadership committee. So there's a chapter president, a vice president, a PR person, a treasurer, um, all student-led within each of those clubs. And they can choose to go to one senior home or four senior homes, or if they're in a rural area, they sometimes combine three or four high schools to go serve one particular senior home. And then actually at the home, the the students 
Uh, some of them go into a dementia unit uh, if they so choose to, or they they go and have their regulars, <laughs> yeah. and they go uh, once a month. Uh, we ask them to go once a month. Some go once a week. Others go two or three times a semester, depending on their schedules. But there is a consistency, and there usually is a core group that go to the makeovers. When we reach out to the senior homes, we do a survey once or twice a year with the activity director at senior homes. They definitely share a hundred percent. Have found that the they're always looking forward to the glamour gals coming. They are oh. their mood and and self esteem and uh, just overall um, just being is more positive after the glamour gals come and when they're looking forward to the glamour gals coming. So there is usually a core group, but. You know, just like anything, it's it gives choice to the seniors at the home to choose to do an activity or be a part of something. And I think that's an element that's sometimes lost in senior homes or senior care mm -hmm. is this element of choice to do something that doesn't involve maybe just their, their health or their daily living activities. And I'm sure it brings back, you know, a scent or something. There's there's familiar at or fam, there's something familiar about it. There's nostalgia. There has to be something to it. I'm sure when the elder women are you know, putting on makeup and just it must bring back memories. It must bring back so much to them. It's so much more than just well, the the external look of the makeup. I'm sure there's so much more, so much deeper to it. Absolutely, it's all about the during. You know, the makeup is a tool for conversation. And it allows two generations to connect, and usually it sparks a funny story about a first date, <laughs> or wearing that bright red lipstick, or, or or not wearing any at all and just being pampered. You know, I think the the most meaningful moments I've had at a makeover are sometimes when a woman closes her eyes and starts to relax. Because I know if I ever got a facial or someone um, gave me a hand massage, how nice that feels. Yeah. <laughs> and um, on the flip side, that that sort of quiet moment where a senior squeezes your hand and whispers in your ear, thank you. Thank you for taking the time to be with me. And it can be words just as simple as that that allow you to connect with someone. And I think those are the really transformative moments. I mean, for me, early on, I uh, was giving a makeover in high school. It probably was a couple months in. And the woman, I remember, she was wearing a purple sweater, and she was sitting, she, she did not want to smile. <laughs> and she hardly said two words to me. I actually checked with the activities director to say, you know, does Faye really want a makeover today? Is this is she interested? And they're like, no, 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 do it. She came down. She wants this. And I felt like I danced circles around someone. And I guess as a high school student, you know, having a senior not really respond in a positive way to me, I, I felt like I left that makeover being like I failed. I said, well, maybe what I'm doing isn't making a difference. And I was sharing with that literally over the dinner table with my parents, and uh, the phone rings. 
and I got up, answered the phone, and it was the activities director. And at first I thought I was in trouble, of course. Right. <laughs> what do I do? Just say, like, not enjoy it. Like, and she, and she was like, well, that's why I'm calling about Faye. Because Faye had been severely depressed and had stopped eating. And after she had the makeover, she started eating again. Wow. And that moment for me, especially, I think, as a teenager, hearing that, that hour I danced around thinking all about myself, thinking, oh, I had failed, I hadn't done it right, you know, just because I didn't get a smile or what I thought was the reaction that you're supposed to have when people spend time with you, um, I thought it didn't go well. And the fact that this woman started eating again, really, I think that's even part of the motivation of through the times when you're kind of a social entrepreneur where you, you keep going, uh, when no one else is around you to get things done or you feel like there's so many challenges ahead, how am I ever going to get through it? You know, it's those moments that I, I think back to and I reflect on how I changed Faye right. and how other people can be changed by this pretty simple experience that can be relatable to many people. You know, it's interesting when you were saying that your reaction to that, which is everyone's reaction, like they're not responding to what I'm doing. They're not behaving the way I think they should be behaving because of what I'm doing. But the most probably transformative and the biggest thing you probably learn from something like that is it's not about your, and again, everyone has it, but it's not your reaction to it. It's, it's ultimately you keep doing it to see what their reaction might be. So it wasn't what you expected. Which actually was a, a yeah, really... and it wasn't an immediate gratification. Yeah, right. I think that. So Thank you for saying that the way what I was world. supposed to be saying. It, was, <laughs> yeah. it wasn't coming out right. Well, well, I mean, I mean, young people and even ourselves, we're just everything's so fast. Yeah, and we're on our phones, like you mentioned, we're on our phones and we're not looking up, we're not connecting with people, and so young people, I think, are losing out on the social skills uh, that we had the opportunity to develop. I mean, when I when I started Glamour Girls, there was no Google search. So I literally had to open up the yellow pages. <laughs> I had to call on the phone and talk to people and pitch people. I remember early on, it was in, in high school. Actually, it was in college. I got a call from one of my chapter presidents saying she needed more lipstick. And I said, well, your job is to be a dedicated volunteer serve the seniors in your community. My job as the leader is to make sure you have the resources and the materials and the support. So I said, I'll get back to you. I hang up my landline in my dorm room <laughs> and I go, okay, how am I going to get more lipstick? At the time, I'm in like upstate New York in the dead of winter, you know, no car <laughs> or, right. any, or any real funding in a way. So I go, well, I remember walking into Sephora and they had a point of sale that was for another nonprofit. I said, well, they probably like to give to nonprofits. There's a little naivety also in my, in my thought that people will just want to be a part of something. Right. <laughs> so I had a little bit of chutzpah to not have a problem calling people. Because so I said, it's a great thing. They should be involved. So I, I found, at that time, you could Google. So I, at that, I found online the number for the corporate office, and I called it. And I just started talking to anybody who picked up the phone. So it turned out to be the switchboard lady or the probably the lady at the desk in the, you know, the, the lobby of some big corporate building. 
going, you know what? My daughter would love it. What's the website again? <laughs> She's like, hold on, let me transfer you. And then I would get transferred to another person who would say, my niece, she would love, my mother-in-law, oh my goodness, she's in a home. Let me transfer you again. I probably got transferred back and forth from New York to San Francisco, New York to San Francisco, (laughs) until I landed at the senior vice president of communications desk. And she, I I, I remember audibly hearing, she rolled out that big, bottom desk drawer and said i got about 40 lipsticks next to me right here would you like them wow and i just said you know it's uh it was really kind of cool to see how you know if you have something that resonates with people and you can share your communicate it that people will listen and it's important for them and because it's so relatable i mean everybody has a grandmother, an elder mother, an el- someone in their f- a family member or friend who is going through this, who will be going through this, and I don't know how it doesn't touch everyone at some level when when they realize well, what right, you're doing. Right now, it's all about the sandwich generation. It's yeah. people taking care of their uh, their children as well as their aging parents, and I think nobody can really plan for the the emotional craziness that can ensue when your mom doesn't remember who you are or your mother-in-law falls and she ends up in a rehab and then she hit her head so her mind isn't there or, you know, these, when you're maybe the boss of the family becomes the child of the family that you need to make decisions for and the, the, the roles have reversed and there is so much emotional baggage that, uh, and even emotional guilt around placing someone in care that knowing that there's a group of teenagers in your local community who go in each month or each week to spend time and talk to and connect with your loved one. I think everybody wants that no matter how strained your relationship can sometimes be mm-hmm. with your mother or your mother-in-law or your great aunt. You, you want the best for them, even though sometimes you can't be there to do it or you emotionally can't be there to, to do that. And for those of you just joining us, we're speaking with Rachel Doyle, the founder of Glamour Gals, which, I mean, with every minute I hear about it, I'm just sinking into when can I help, when can I do something. One of the most amazing nonprofits I've heard about that is is – not only benefiting the elder, it would, would teens come in and they help it at senior homes and they apply makeup and they give manicures and they give massages to elderly women who may or may not have visitors coming to see them. But is it not, it's not only benefiting all of these senior women, it's benefiting all these teenagers, giving them this empathy and teaching them how important it is to take care of others and to interact with others and how much you learn from others. So it's, it's just such a compelling thing that you've created because it's, it is crossing generations and it's helping generation like multi-generational people that are involved in this you're now in 16 states you have over 1700 volunteers and i think 100 chapters is that true rachel yeah we serve over 100 communities and i like to say communities because the the community might be made up of multiple senior homes and one high school or university chapter or multiple high schools and one senior home. So I really see it 
you know, our service doesn't stop at the walls of a senior home or in the hallways of a school. I feel like it ends up at the dinner table conversation. And again, um, for the the organization nationally, we provide a leadership structure for the team. So they actually reflect about their experiences online through journaling, and those journals can um, go towards service awards and recommendations. So although we're connecting generations one makeover at a time, that's only half the story because we have a whole leadership initiative that provides the support, the training, the incentives even for students to utilize these experiences in their future academic and professional careers. Wow. <laughs> and you started this at 17 years old. <laughs> that is, that's crazy. It's unbelievable well, you that know, you're, we, you're forced. We identified, oh, sorry, go on. I know, just at, at 17 years old that you had the foresight and the, and the compassion and the empathy that you had at that age coming into this and created this from that, from that relationship with your grandmother. It's just, it's so commendable and it's so amazing that you've done this. Well, I was raised by teachers, so I think I was always a lifelong learner. Um, and I, I only hope as now a mom that I can instill the same, you know, compassion and empathy in my children and, and, and have them, no matter where they are or what relationships they have with people, should always be thinking about being kind to other people. I think being kind is cool. I, I take a lot of gratification in making someone smile or connecting them with something that's relevant to them or that they're passionate about. And I think that's what always excites me about Glamour Gals as we continue to move forward because, you know, I did not build this alone. I and at, I studied at Cornell, and I was very much involved in the entrepreneurship community there. And while I was there, I, I wrote business plans about it. I really looked at the organization from a perspective of being a business and running like a business with the efficiency of saying, you know, with limited resources and dollars, how can I maximize our approach with technology or, you know, reaching people in constantly relevant ways and also engaging others who are more talented than myself? So creating advisory councils and boards to help advise and strategize with me as we grew. So my very first board advisory council call was held actually in a custodial broom closet on a payphone <laughs> in between classes at Cornell. And I remember, like, the, the custodian putting, like, the mop in the closet going, oh, you're doing a business meeting. <laughs> you know, it was, it was one of those moments where reflecting back on, you know, the entrepreneurial aspect of the journey and creating something. But that was because I, I was recruiting other people who were, generous of mind and spirit to be a part of uh, what I was growing, this movement of compassionate leaders, this hashtag GG movement of young people who care about the women that have shaped their lives. You know, it's so interesting when you say that. So most teenagers at 17, 18, 19 go to college to figure out what they're going to do. You went to figure out how to make what you wanted to do happen. It's so fascinating <laughs> that you were able to like really put that education to use because you were actually creating what you wanted to do while you were there. Well, I was lucky enough to have the opportunity to 
go to Cornell. I mean, it's an incredible school. They had so many resources for uh, people in service. There's this program called Cornell Tradition, which uh, I so I had a job on campus. I, I w- received a scholarship for my service, not because I was the captain of a varsity team. You know, the thing about looking forward to um, how Glamour Gals can play a role in academics is that, you know, to get that, you know, varsity track scholarship, you have to be the captain or the, the best at the track team. And there's only one who wins. Whereas volunteering, it's such an individual reflection and experience and transformation. You can always win. There's a chance for you to always share your story, even if you're not, not the leader. So in our organization, we offer scholarships. One of our donors actually sponsors a scholarship just for volunteers. So non-leaders in the organization, wow. and he's funded this over five years. Uh, we've also created relationships with universities. St. Peter's in Jersey City actually gives a full presidential scholarship. They reserve, the president of the university reserves a full presidential scholarship, full ride, for any Glamour Gals volunteer who achieves a certain level of grades, of course, in school and test scores, but who shares their Glamour Gals experience with them and achieve a certain number of hours of volunteering with us. There's a scholarship for them. So I feel like when we are serving such a diverse network of young people who sometimes this is their opportunity to get into college, having this experience uh, is, is really special and compelling. So we offer an intergenerational service award that Students can use by logging their hours with us, writing those reflective journals, and then we write LinkedIn recommendations, we uh, job recommendations, we references, as well as scholarship applications or um, college uh, applications. We're very involved in that process with people. It starts now. We already get the requests. Wow. I just say, we were definitely meant to meet because I'm from Jersey City, so I doubly loved that story about St. Peter's College. And my uncle went there, so it makes me very proud. Um, So so Glamour Gals, clearly, is for female students or teenagers and college students. Is there a thought um, to eventually incorporating boys into this, or is there, or if there, I don't know if that's even a discussion. Uh, well, young young men are totally welcome to participate, and so are elderly men, and and both oh. participate. You know, I think that well, on the elderly side, the hard facts are, you know, women outnumber men in care eight to one. Wow! So there really aren't a lot of men in senior care. Is it really? Um, it's if they wow. are, let me tell you, you will find them at a glamour gal's makeover. <laughs> I, I can promise you that. <laughs> they, uh, is it really, really Rachel, fun? Is, is the discrepancy that big between men and women? That is crazy yeah. that it's that big of a difference. Eight to one. Wow. Yeah, eight to one. So senior care is filled with women. And on the student side, we definitely welcome young men. I mean, yes, our color is hot pink, and <laughs> we do – we we. Uh, definitely share this organization as a tool for young women to become leaders because honestly in this day and age it's important mm-hmm. yeah. for young women to have that when I think about my leadership positions in Absolutely. high school the majority of them were in all girls organizations yeah. I never 
I never felt like I had the confidence to run for um, a co-ed position, and I never did. I probably yeah. could have won, but I never did take that chance. And, you know, just that's reflecting on it now, of course, hindsight. But um, so offering young women the opportunity to hold meaningful um, leadership positions that have meaningful experiences where they can demonstrate those skills are important. Now, not last year, but the year before, in one of our judging rounds for our scholarships, they're judged blindly by our council and board members. Actually, a young man who was a chapter president won. He won our scholarship. And he gave the most incredible acceptance speech. Uh, You know, if uh, maybe if people want to go to our YouTube page on Glamour Gals, it's youtube.com slash Glamour Gals. Nicholas. Uh, at the, I think, 2017 Glammy Scholarship Awards, gave the most beautiful speech about respecting women and how much he, as a leader, transformed in this organization. So although, yes, we do cater to young women, young men can find just as many meaningful experiences, both as a volunteer and a leader. And and you mentioned before... There, I mean, there, what can't motivate you to become a part of this? I mean, literally everything is amazing about it. But you yourself had that experience, you know, experiences with the, the woman who, when you were young, you thought you had failed, and yet you had transformed her and brought her out of a depression and she was eating again. Are there any other stories you can share with us? And I'm sure you have millions of them. But similar to that, that really strike a chord with you, that motivate you to keep going with this and keep growing it and to share with others? Every day, uh, my team, I have a small staff who work out of New York City who share our Glamour Gals journals each, each, each morning. They, they read the reflections, one for us to stay relevant or see in local communities if there are issues we need to identify right away that are happening or trends that are happening with our volunteers. Mm -hmm. So getting to read you know, some girls journal in Ohio or North Carolina or California who has never met me and shares such a deep appreciation or excitement for this organization, that is just cool. Like, to me, those are, whenever I'm feeling, like, overworked and, like, how am I going to figure this all out and how can I keep inspiring people or stay inspired I just open up that email and see either the pictures attached or the stories that are shared from people who don't know who I am personally, who are creating their own journeys and stories within this organization, and who have an ownership in it. They really feel like they are a part of something bigger than themselves. And I think as a teenager, being a part of something like that is really is unique and different, and I think it... For me, reading their experiences is just one of the coolest things ever. And are the are the students involved in the fundraising aspect of the organization as well as the volunteering? So, of course, their main role is in uh, volunteering. Mm-hmm. They do have an annual registration fee that we we waive if they buy T-shirts instead. So there's always oh, – and sometimes they're sponsored. Like I said, our demographics range from – girls who, whose parents are incarcerated and have no compassion in their home lives to girls who take a stretch limo to our events. You know, it's, <laughs> so it's 
it's a beautiful, diverse section of young women in all different ways uh, who are a part of this organization. So there, there is a there is a small fundraising aspect to it. And then we have girls who are born leaders who actually proactively come to us and say, we want to host a fundraiser for Glamour Gals, or, you know, we want to do this to give back to the other chapters that aren't as fortunate as us so they can wear T-shirts just like we do, or they can have their registration sponsored, or they can get those Metro cards to make it to the training event that, you know, you're you're hosting and that they wouldn't be able to attend because they can't afford it. You know, I never wanted uh, financial burdens to be a reason why someone can't make someone smile or volunteer. Absolutely, yeah. Oh, my God. And, again, it's teaching them so much. Again, empathy not just towards the elder women, but empathy empathy towards their peers. And, right. and there's so much they're learning from this on a day-to-day basis. So it's, it's really nice that it can be so rich, and there's something for everyone. You know, it's something you're – Moms love it for their daughters or their, their moms. The teens are inspired and sometimes hooked by fashion and beauty elements or even their future career aspirations. Uh, you mentioned that policy award we won from the Manhattan Institute, and that's a policy research institute. So having uh, an organization like that recognize the, the work that we do in communities was was really adding validity uh, in the research community for what we do as an organization on a larger scale. And when they came to do our site visit, uh, the policy research person who who came, I actually read his papers at Cornell about housing and housing initiatives and all this. It was kind of incredible because uh, he was sort of stunned that I was a policy major at Cornell and how I would be doing what I'm doing at Glamour Gals. So he came and visited um, one of our makeovers. And uh, when we were there, it just so happened the senior home was giving out awards to the teens. I'm like, this couldn't be any better. <laughs> but that's the beauty of a Glamour Girls makeover. It's all these extra elements and surprises and beautiful things that happen that are, are built upon such a simple exchange. It becomes so much richer. So he he's talking to one of the volunteers, and she starts going on and on about how she wants to go into pediatrics surgery medicine and the fact that working with seniors and being um, able to understand them almost as a patient like bedside manner would be so important to her future as a doctor he was just blown away by this foresight from her as a future person in the medical community I remember him kind of like tugging on my sleeve being like you know you got it <laughs> like it was you know he he was, he was just like this you know made me understand by going to a makeover and and that's what i always say to people who are who don't initially get what we do because so many you know 60 percent of people in senior homes don't receive visitors Ooh, and wow. that is a real it's heartbreaking number. and so you have to think about the majority of us don't actually interact with the seniors in our local senior we might drive by the senior home we might read the funny stories in the newspaper about it or the depressing stories in the newspaper about it but we don't necessarily interact with this population so for the mass majority of us we maybe if we're not affected by it personally 
or have children to maybe volunteer in it, we might think, oh, well, it's just going in and doing some makeup. And I always say to those people, go to a Glamour Gals volunteer makeover. Come and take part in it for yourself to see how how transformative it can be for even yourself. And it, we invite people in actually on almost a monthly basis around the country sometimes to create and, and partake in our mega makeovers, which are inviting people outside being a teen or a college student, but a lot of times corporate volunteering uh, will say we want our employees to go volunteer and we organize special visits with them at partner senior homes or in their local communities to either help start or inspire a future Glamour Girls chapter or just to engage the broader community in our service. I was just going to say, can we do a Morph Mom chapter? Yeah. <laughs> a lot of moms would yeah. want to help you, too. Yeah. You know, there's, and, you know, I really, I love, you know, I think that's something that I love about being an entrepreneur is that, you know, we can create, like, and meet the demand, right. you know, if it makes right. sense and it works. Mm-hmm. You just, well, let's figure out how to do it and let's do it. And, you know, if there's, you know, we just launched our, holiday giving campaign, um, hashtag dough for good. And there's three sweet ways you can make a difference this holiday season. So if you have a group together and maybe it's not, you're not able to go into a senior home, um, instead you are maybe hosting a cookie exchange this holiday season and want to do it for Glamour Gals or, you know, I always, every year I've always, baked my my grandmother's Russian tea cakes and shared it with friends. And in the last couple of years, I've had people actually like Google our organization and say, I host a cookie exchange and it's in honor of my mom and she would have loved your program. I'd love to do it for Glamour Gals. So last year, somebody did this and she thought, oh, maybe I'll raise like $100. And I'm that's great. You know, every dollar counts. She ended up raising $1,000. And wow. from there, we said, you know what? Maybe there's other people hosting cookie exchanges around the country. So we launched our Dough for Good campaign, and the three ways are hosting a cookie exchange, or um, we're going to be crowdsourcing the cookie book, um, which features family cookie recipes passed down to top culinary talents from New York to Paris, as well as stories that we're um, receiving from our supporters or even your network um, or our volunteers who go into the senior homes that they receive from their elder generation about baking or holiday cookie making and sort of the the funny or um, meaningful stories that you share around holiday baking between generations. And people can make a donation this holiday season of $18 or more and receive the cookie book on National Cookie Day, December 4th. So there's lots of different ways to get involved, even if you're not ready to walk through the double doors of a senior home just yet, but know that you want to support the volunteers who do that on a weekly basis to help end elder loneliness around our country and provide the support for them to keep doing what they're doing. How, for those listening right now who want to start a chapter um, or become involved in these different ways, what is the best way to, to start the chapter or get involved or do, do the volunteer work you're mentioning? You can go to our website, www.glamourgals.org, and there's literally a Get Involved tab right at the top. You can click on it and see 
you know, what's the best fit if you work at a senior home, if you have a daughter you want to share the link with, because it's driven, the, the volunteer chapters are driven by students. Uh, if we receive outreach from a mom, we definitely share the information, but we always want the student to reach out to us mm-hmm. as part of, you know, learning about how to create something themselves as well. Right. And, and, and uh, getting their volunteers involved or their peers involved. We're also on social media, so Instagram underscore Glamour Gals or on Twitter Glamour Gals or Facebook Glamour Gals. If you just Google Glamour Gals Foundation, <laughs> um, you can find us. Uh, but even even more so, uh, what's exciting now is after 18 years, people are coming because their their older sister did it, or Aww. their their friends let them know about it, or they they read about us or heard us on a radio show. So this is a wow. great way to to reach people. And are there, um, are there certain companies like makeup companies, cosmetic companies that have been particularly helpful to your organization? I know Sephora has, you know, started you out with your <laughs> 10 lipsticks or whatever, but. Um. Yes. Uh, we, uh, for a while, we received very generous donations from a division of Tupperware um, Beauty Control. Uh, they actually are not in existence anymore, but we've received a uh, donations from all different cosmetic companies. We're not necessarily aligned with anyone. Of course, we really enjoy doing partnerships with them, of course, uh, because although it's great to receive in-kind contributions to move those things and supply the resources and the training and the ongoing support to our almost 400 volunteer leaders and almost 2,000 volunteers around the country. That requires financial resources as well. Mm -hmm, So mm -hmm. uh, we definitely are always looking to to partner or collaborate with brands, and not only cosmetic brands, but other brands as well. So if there was someone interested in that as well, they could reach out to you, becoming involved with the partnership with that. Anyone listening tonight, listen up. Yep, they could email me, rachel at glamourgals.org. <laughs> so. What more worthy a cause to be helping, again, this multi-generational help that you would be giving? It's teenagers to seniors. I, I, I don't know how many, I mean, there's so many people doing great things out there, but how many are touching and reaching this multi-generation? It's just, it's amazing what you're doing, Rachel. It's, it really is. Thank you. And it's just an absolute privilege to have you on tonight. We have about, I'm so sad we've got a minute left. I can't believe this um, because I could talk to you about this forever. Um, Any final story you want to share as we're, as we're heading out tonight about, um, you know, something, something you want to share with somebody out there about Glamour Girl, something that really, really touches you so deeply. Um, I think that this day and age, people are really busy and that, the resource that is so scarce is time, mm-hmm. and I think uh, you and people work hard for their money. And uh, when they when they think about giving this holiday season, the idea that um, you know we are an organization. What makes us really unique is that we're inspiring young women to be confident and have greater self-esteem and find their direction professionally and academically in life, but we're doing it through helping others. Mm -hmm. There's plenty of worthy girls' organizations out there, 
But a lot of times they focus on me, me, me. Like, how can I be confident? How can I do this? How can me, me, me? But our service or our goal in creating that confidence of someone is based, based in compassionate service to the elderly in their communities. And those experiences that allow them to reflect on themselves and share that confidence through helping others. And I hope that people, you know, think about how important that is nowadays to have that reflection in our young generation. And when they, when they look to support an organization this coming month or during the holidays or even any time of the year, that they consider spending their time or their resources with our organization in all different ways, be it personally volunteering or giving to those who volunteer for us. What an incredible standoff or start off to the holiday season. Rachel, I'm so sad our time is up. And Rachel getting up at 1 a.m. in France, I can't thank you enough for calling in, for sharing what you're doing, for doing what you're doing most importantly, for teaching our kids how to be better kids, how to be better people, and for helping all those people out there who raised all of us and raised all these generations. And it's time for somebody to come back and help them out a little bit and pay some attention to them and be company to them. And... I just, I thank you. I thank you so much for everything you're doing. Elizabeth, my amazing co-host, thank you for tonight. Um, so everyone, uh, again, GlamourGals.org. Is that correct, Rachel? To reach GlamourGals.org. out? GlamourGals.org. is where you need to go, especially starting off the holiday season. It's been an absolute I just honor to, honor to have today. you here tonight. And everyone now knows what they can do for Christmas and the holidays and anything else that's coming up. Um, we'll, see every, we'll see you next week, everyone. Good night. Hi, I'm Danny Arnold. You may know me as an actor, but one of the things that I'm most proud of is my service to this country. In the Army, I saw firsthand how training and discipline instill a values that create great leadership abilities and a can-do spirit. Those same strong values stay with service members when they return to civilian life and enter the workplace. So remember the highest smart and bet on a vet. To learn more, call 888-44-SALUTE.